These are tonight's headlines. Israel, mourning its dead and angered at the killers, prepares to hold a state funeral tomorrow for the 11 Olympic team members slain in West Germany. The Olympic Games are resumed after memorial services attended by 80,000 persons are held in Munich. That was U.S. journalist Howard K. Smith anchoring a broadcast in 1972 after 11 Israelis were killed in a terrorist attack at the Munich Olympics. You're listening to the latest Sunday edition of ATR Radio. It's December 13, 2015. I'm Nicole Bennett. Today's episode, the Foundation for Global Sports Development, is honoring the Israelis killed at the Munich Games in its first ever documentary film. Post-production on the documentary short titled Munich 1972 and Beyond is done, and GSD is prepping for the film's release. Founding GSD board member Dr. Stephen Ungerleiter spoke with me about the documentary and said, quote, It's been 43 years since the massacre of 11 Israelis, but the important thing is, it's finally happening. He added, as a film crew, we sat in on the interviews, which were, quote, very painful at times, but also very uplifting. Earlier this year, the IOC Executive Board took steps to address the issue of mourning at the Olympic Games. Under measures that will go into effect at the 2016 Rio Olympics, a special area will be set up in the Olympic Village for athletes to mourn the loss of family or friends. A moment of reflection will be observed during the closing ceremony for everyone at the Games to remember those they've lost, not necessarily during an Olympics. Ungerleiter says, quote, IOC President Thomas Bach is making sure people feel empowered with a place to in Rio. Here's more from my interview with Stephen Ungerleiter. I know we spoke in May, and this was, or at the time, you had just started to develop the documentary Munich 1972 and beyond. So since then, how have things come in, in production? If you could just give us a little background. Well, the origins of the Munich 1972 and beyond uh, the documentary came from the uh, memorial that was authorized by the IOC and, and Dr. Thomas Bach uh, and the German government in collaboration with the Israeli families from the uh, horrific events of 1972 of the Munich Games. So we were in the thick of uh, being part of the memorial committee and and um, being the liaison. And all of a sudden, we had film people uh, come to us and say, this is not only you know, a great pivotal moment uh, for the Olympic family, but this is a really important film that, that, uh, and a story that should be told. Uh, so um, the past uh, six, eight months have been very, very busy. The film is uh, nearly complete, and we're excited about its release. Who's worked with you on the film since since you and I last spoke? Well, I have been involved as a writer and a producer, um, and somebody who's you know been involved with the Olympic family for almost forty years. I guess people look to me as the the, the senior citizen for the background. Uh, David Ulick, who is uh, with Global Sports Development and General Counsel, uh, has been very, very involved. Stephen Christman is our director, who has worked uh, on many, many uh, documentaries. Michael Cassio is the one of the founders of the History Channel and also uh, well-known for his work uh, at the Discovery uh, Channel, where he won uh, many Emmy Awards over the years. 
what is the film cover? I know it's it's a uh, kind of it, over the course of time, a lot of people have had their hands in in the documentary and and making sure that it honors the um, people that were involved or at the 1972 Munich Olympics when this happened, the victims. Does it cover everything? Does it give you a, a background? Or, or what exactly do viewers see in the documentary? Well, Nicole, that's the, the operative word, is, is the honor. Giving honor, giving a voice, bearing witness to, to the victims, the uh, 11 uh, families uh, in Israel, and then there's the uh, German police officer uh, who was murdered as well. And talking with the uh, the widows and their children, because it's been 43 years, and there's actually grandchildren, but hearing their story and hearing their struggle, hearing their pain, and wanting uh, some reconciliation, wanting to have a, a place where they can go, and all people in the Olympic family can go, to um, remember and reflect on the um, the tragedy of, of, of Munich. So we tried to stay, you know, very positive, not rehash uh, the um, all the history which has been done in other venues, but talk about uh, moving forward and a sort of a renewal of um, bringing people together in the Olympic family and clearly uh, wanting to have a place where, where people can go from all walks of life and uh, and be able to remember and and mourn and and just uh, be at the uh, at the site I know you've said this attack is considered widely considered the first act of modern terrorism and in light of Recent news, unfortunate news, of course, with the attacks in Paris and, and sort of not exactly the same thing at all, really. But, but just can you expand on that? And, and from, from what you or anyone involved in the project has, has learned, was this, in your opinion, the first act of modern terrorism? Well, you know, it's, it's a fascinating uh, phenomenon because, you know, I was around in those days. I did not attend the, the 72 Games, but I was involved with, with the Olympic movement and then, you know, over the decades became very involved with USOC and the IOC and working uh, with, with WADA on anti-doping. So I've been sort of very much a part of it and, and lived with it. There's many people, there are many people who are much younger who only know it as a footnote and only recall something awful happened in 72. And so there's a whole generation out there that really knows uh, nothing about it. I mean, my children uh, knew of a little tiny slice. And we really wanted to educate uh, the next generation and, and many others about not only the tragedy, but, but the, the pain and the, and the grieving that the, the families have gone through and not being recognized, not being acknowledged. And um, we, we've worked very hard um, to uh, display that and to portray it and, and get a, a good understanding by interviewing um, many members of the Olympic Committee, uh, the folks who were former athletes, folks who were in the administration, uh, folks in the German government, uh, the Ministry of Culture. So there's a whole spectrum of people that we have worked with uh, to try and get a handle on uh, on the situation. And 
when you look back, um, certainly there was terrorism prior to 72, but uh, this was probably the first time a major terrorist attack was played out um, on national television, uh, worldwide television. So in a way, it really is, is a benchmark. And here we are 43 years later, and you know, one has to wonder, um, are, are, we, are we becoming better people or are we still struggling with the same issues? Earlier this year, the IOC Executive Board took steps to address the issue of mourning at the Olympic Games under measures that could go into effect or will go into effect during Rio 2016. There's an area that will be set up in the Olympic Village for athletes to mourn the loss of family or friends. I know, as I mentioned, a moment of reflection will be observed during the closing ceremony for everyone to remember those they've lost. Um, not necessarily just during the Olympics. Are all these steps in the right direction? Absolutely, and it's very important. Prior to uh, uh, 2011, uh, a lot of uh, folks at the IOC were, were not particularly interested in building a memorial or having a place at the Olympics where people could mourn or uh, uh, reflect on, on loss from different places in the world. And all of a sudden, uh, Dr. Bach comes along and says, wait a minute, it is now time to have this memorial. We're going to work with the Bavarian government. We're going to work with the Israeli victims. We're going to work with the uh, various delegations. Angela Merkel's office has been very involved. And we're going to, we're going to get this done. And he was very proactive in making that statement and saying uh, the IOC is, is, is 100% behind this. And I must tell you, um, we've worked very closely with uh, Dr. Bach's office and, and his, uh, his staff, his executive committee, and they have, there's been a great spirit of, of cooperation, a great spirit of collaboration, and, and um, it's gone extremely well. In fact, for a complicated project, I've been very impressed with how, how smoothly things have gone. As far as Rio is concerned, I think it's very important uh, that there be a place where people can go from from any walk of life uh, and from any perspective where, where there's been loss and uh, they can have a quiet place to reflect. So all of these things uh, are very positive, very proactive, and um, like I said, I, I been extremely impressed with the, the leadership of the IOC uh, on this. So I know, I, I think you and I spoke in D.C. about what's next for your documentary on Munich. What What is next for the film? Well, we are just finishing up. Uh, it will, uh, you know, be used as an educational platform uh, for schools and for museums. Um, in fact, the Munich Memorial has asked if, if they can use a good part of it for the memorial. It will go to film festivals, uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll get accepted. It's a very competitive process. We, we hope that at some point, uh, at the appropriate time, it will be uh, seen on, on television. We've had some very interesting inquiries, um, and certainly we've been very blessed with a lot of media attention. So we hope that you know, lots of people will see it. And, and once again, our focus is, is to educate. Our focus is to shed light. Um, on the event, uh, but not so much the you know the horror uh, of the tragedy, but um, hearing the story and bearing witness uh, to the victims and hearing their voice 
and then moving on and, and letting them express uh, how this is going to be, both the memorial and the film, uh, a positive place for healing. So we're, we're hoping that it will be seen and, and um, uh, viewed um, uh, in many places. All right. Is there anything you wanted to add? Well, once again, I, and, I, and I said this to a New York Times reporter, uh, in all of my four decades of being involved in, in the USOC and the IOC and, and anti-doping stuff, um, there's, there's always politics. There's always roadblocks. Uh, you get a bunch of smart people in the room, and, and you're certainly going to have uh, some, some lively discussion and, and, and maybe uh, some disagreements. I have to tell you that in working with uh, all of the parties, whether it be the Bavarian government or the IOC, um, the Israelis, the diplomatic corps, um, the architects, everybody has really stepped up. Everybody has come to the table. Certainly there's been a lot of discussions. Certainly there's people who have uh, their ideas. But at the end of the day, people have come away uh, really in a great spirit of, of collaboration. And um, uh, once again, I attribute uh, much of that to the leadership of um, the IOC. That was founding GSD board member Dr. Stephen Ungerleiter with news on the anticipated release of Munich 1972 and beyond. As a reminder, the nomination form is open at AroundTheRings.com for the 2016 edition of ATR's Golden 25. The Golden 25 now in its 18th year presents a listing of the most influential figures involved with the Olympics for the year ahead. Nominations will close December 17th. The countdown to number one begins December 18th with number one being named on January 1st. I'm Nicole Bennett. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.